0: Starting the recording, I'm recording the audio. So don't worry about your wonderful faces being being saved. But Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so, so we're going through another round of this um, of of this uh class on the the beginning of the quran which i call the quranic fundamentals or the, the the quranic worldview uh it would be nice if a few of you can show your faces you don't have to show your face if you don't want but so i can at least have some some visual feedback from from some of you okay and so so to give you an idea of of what we're covering uh uh, I'm, I'm gonna use the whiteboard quite a bit and by the way uh, uh, I would highly suggest if you are able to take notes if you're not able to take notes obviously that's fine but uh, you'll find for the learning process it'll it'll be best if you can take notes uh, there will be an, ex- an optional exam at the end uh, of the course that'll start posting um the questions for as as we go through and again the point is is not to to weed you out as much as it is to help process and and digest uh, all the material so so first thing just to give you an outline of of what we're covering uh, can you all see the whiteboard up there you know you see my mouse floating around okay good okay and people are still trickling in so so my mind will be in a couple of places at the same time so, this course, the goal is, is to cover, uh, number one, Surah Al-Fatiha. So, the first Surah of the Quran. And then, number two is Surah Al-Baqarah the second surah of the Quran, and we'll give translations for some of these terms as we get to get to it. Sorry, not not surahs, al-Baqarahs, Surah two, ayahs one through 39. In terms of speed, average speed, give or take, will probably be about one ayah per session. Okay, so class itself, is going to run seven days a week, attend when you can, there will be recordings uh, for for those who do who do want to 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 follow up. And the goal is to complete the lesson. In about 30 minutes. And then I'll leave the floor open for Q&A. And usually at the beginning, there aren't going to be that many questions uh but uh as you'll see as we go further into the course especially the last half and then the last quarter the questions are going to start skyrocketing uh, but that's that's the basic plan and so if you don't have time to stick around for for, for the q a perfectly fine if you have to take off if you have to attend uh just part of the uh the class uh, i'm not keeping a track of who's attending who's not attending and and so hopefully this class will be of benefit but what i am suggesting For maximum benefit, maximum benefit, attend all. Take notes. If there's anything you don't understand, you can be sure. There are other people in this group that cannot uh, that are that are they also not understanding. So, so ask questions even if it seems. Uh uh, something that is ultra basic and I'm saying that especially to the younger people here And I'm saying that especially to the converts here those of you who've been converts for a long time You're already comfortable with everyone else But those of you who might be newer as converts feel free to ask anything and everything you can be sure that everyone else is going to Benefit from your questions Sometimes however when, when some people are asking questions, I might say we'll get to that a little bit later uh, later on in, in, in the course itself and Then when time comes to do the exams there's actually going to be three exams and the speed of doing the exam is also entirely up to you again it's more important for you for me that you digest the knowledge Uh, it is not important you know to get the exam done by a certain moment uh, 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 in time and then the chat box uh, the chat box is open feel free to to type in any questions or uh, how many credits is this course for you? This credit, this course is maximum credits. So that was a perfect example. us, just asked a question. So feel free uh, to, to to ask whatever questions you like. But uh, uh, I'm going to, in some cases, even if I'm gonna answer the question this session, I might delay answering until, until the end of the session, uh, just so we can keep the, the train of thought going. Uh, I'm not expecting any prior knowledge. You do not have to know anything uh, about Islam for this course, and on top of that, you could have gone through. You could have been Muslim your whole life. You could have been. You could have gone through. As I say this in my academic classes, you could have gone through full time Islamic school, and I guarantee you, inshallah, you will benefit from this course, unless, of course, you've already taken this course with me. Yeah. And so, so this course is designed for for everyone, and and almost all of you know me personally, so you already uh, most of you are already familiar with with my style uh, of of teaching and such. So so this is, this is the overall goal. It's to go through about 46 ayahs of the Quran. And like I said, on average, we'll make it through about one ayah a day. As we speed up a little bit, it'll be about two or three ayahs a day. And in, uh, I just ran this course in the past month. It took us about 25, 26 sessions or 25 sessions uh, in a row to get through all of the material. And and so having said that, uh, if anyone has oh yeah, I was also saying about questions. Feel free to type them in the chat box, or you can uh, un you can unmute your microphone. Um, uh, either way is fine. And and so having said that, uh, let's jump right into some some other preliminary material. Uh, let's see. Let's save this. Oh, I am also uh saving all the lectures they're going to be uploaded privately to my soundcloud uh, but i'm going to make a document where everything is being saved i haven't made the document yet so i don't have a link but someone remind me tomorrow inshallah i'll have the link for you in case you want to go through the material again or if you want to uh if you missed a class and you want to go through the material and and uh there was one other point that I was going to make uh, relate to that, inshallah, but it'll, it'll come back to me. I do offer uh, other classes um, uh, that we'll talk about later on um, as we go further, further into this. But uh, so in terms of, of Islamic knowledge, how does, you know, the, the realm that we call knowledge in Islam And what I essentially mean is a thing that we call the tradition. Uh, There's a few ways we can answer this. First in defining what is Sunni Islam and what is Shia Islam? What is Ibadi Islam? And then what is the last group, which I call heterodox or heteroprax? So so to get a sense of of how these things fit in together, meaning how does Islam function in the most basic way? So uh, the full name of Sunni Islam is essentially the people of the Sunnah and the community. Or the people of the Sunnah and the congregation. Oh, by the way if you want to invite other people to the class in principle it's fine uh, 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 but my request is that you at least let me know uh, uh, just so I can uh, be aware of who who and what type of students are are, are uh, in the class because sometimes the material is is going to be um, uh, a bit hard to digest uh most of the material is is like i said designed for someone 14 and above but there's gonna be a few topics that might be tougher for some people and as as just about all of you know i also have quite a few haters in the community and so i also want to prevent um uh, you know bad things from happening uh that which we call shia uh, is often known by two names the party of ali and the people of the party And then in terms of how these operate, and I'll get to the last two in just a moment. I hope you don't mind. I like using different colors. Uh, The Sunnis rely upon the Prophet and the Quran. The Shias rely upon the Prophet and the Quran. The Ibadis are basically just known as the Ibadis, and they rely upon the Prophet and the Quran. Okay. That's the source material. Now, a point I want you to consider is for you and I, when we think of the Prophet and the Qur'an, peace be upon him, we'll have the Qur'an like on a bookshelf, and then we'll have, for example, the seerah, uh, which is the biography of the Prophet, peace be upon him, maybe hadith also on the bookshelf. And they're separate, right? The Qur'an is one thing, and then books about the Prophet, peace be upon him, are, 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 are separate from the Qur'an. But what I want you to consider is that in reality you cannot separate the Prophet from the Qur'an, peace be upon him. Because imagine you are one of the companions at the time of of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Everything is coming through him. So, and we'll we'll talk about this in more detail. Allah Ta'ala is sending these revelations to the Prophet, peace be upon him. He is reciting Qur'an. He is also speaking from the same mouth. He is also acting on the Qur'an. Okay. And so, if I'm at the time of the Prophet peace be upon him, I can't separate the Prophet from the Quran, except I can ask him: Is what you're saying Quran? Is it revelation from Allah, or is it something different? You know, or is it your hunch? But I'd like to, uh, I'd like to really consider the fact that in practice, you can't really separate the two on a bookshelf. Yeah, as as two separate source materials. And so then, in terms of Sunni thought. How do we learn about the prophet, peace be upon him? It is through the companions, the Sahaba. Okay. So uh, anyone, what is it that makes a companion a companion? Semi-easy question. Feel free to either type it in or, or or unmute your microphone. Anyone know? Anyone want to share? Part of the point I'm asking these questions early on is to help break the ice to make people more comfortable in talking. Normally at this point I'd be drinking water to, to feel like you have to answer before I uh, yeah so uh, before before I finish Michael so yes uh, so Muhammad Kamran someone that was Muslim and saw the Prophet alive peace be upon him meaning I'm a Muslim I see the Prophet assuming I have sight I see the Prophet peace be upon him with my own eyes and I remain a Muslim that by definition. That's the general definition of what makes a companion a companion. You'll find there's minority opinions that, that adjust that, but that's that's the, the, the dominant view. Okay. And then in Shia tradition, there are specific descendants of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that are called the Imams. So the first Imam is Ali, may Allah be pleased with him. The second Imam is his son, Hassan, the third is Hussein, so forth and so on. Now, what are we saying here? That in Sunni thought, the primary way to understand the Prophet, peace be upon him, and the primary way to learn what he's sharing in Sunni thought is coming from the Sahaba. If you think about it, how else would we know about him? It's coming from the companions. And then in Shia thought, the primary way to understand the Prophet and the Quran, peace be upon him, is through these specific descendants, the Imams. And then we have the whole tradition of the scholars, the whole history of the scholars and the ummah itself. Okay. And so Sunni and Shia scholars will be crossing over, reading each other's texts. It's not as easy to distinguish uh, between that because for example, as you know, the first Imam in, in Shia tradition is one of the most revered, one of the most respected of all the companions, Ali, Hasan, and Hussein, among the most revered of the companions, especially because they're grandchildren of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Another of the main primary Imams is Jafar al-Sadiq, who is a contemporary of Imam Abu Hanifa, very important source in Sunni thinking. So this isn't like Catholic and Protestant where they're two different universes. They overlap quite a bit. And we'll talk about some of the difference later on. But the reason I want us to think about this is, number one, how do most of us learn our Islam? We learn it from the community. That's how you are usually going to learn your Islam. If you're raised in a Muslim household, you're going to learn it from the people inside your house. If you're a convert, you're going to learn from the community members that, that you have a connection with. And then who are the architects to understand and apply what the prophet peace be upon him is teaching? Those would be the scholars. So what am I saying? How is a lay person, any of us gonna learn the deen, to learn the tradition? It's gonna be from the ummah itself. And then who are the people who are keeping it operating, so to speak, and trying to figure out each generation's answers to questions? Those would be the scholars. Okay, Ibadi uh, uh, Islam is a little bit different. They are ultra literalists. And chances are most of you have probably never even heard of them, even though they're almost as old as what we call Sunni and Shia Islam. And so one of the points we're gonna get into about halfway into the course is that, okay, sometimes the Quran speaks in metaphors. And for them, everything is just completely literal. Now, one of the consequences of making everything literal, it means that there's not much flexibility. And so, Sunni Islam, there's a billion and a half Sunnis. Shia Islam, there might be 200 to 500 million Shias. And then, Ibadis, there's probably about a million. But they've persisted through time. You'll find them usually primarily in Algeria and Oman. Once in a while, you'll find some random Ibadis somewhere else. Heterodox heteroprax would be all those people who don't fit in the top three. So for example, in Chicago, we have the Nation of Islam. Members of the Nation of Islam wholeheartedly see themselves as Muslim. A textbook Sunni or Shia will say, no, you have serious problems in your beliefs. And then from a Sunni Shia Ibadi lens, one of the groups that we call Ahmadiyya So there's Lahore Ahmadi's. There's the uh, the uh, the other Ahmadi's that is a separate issue outside of this class. But the point is that these groups at the bottom wholeheartedly regard themselves as Muslim members of the Nation of Islam. Wholeheartedly see Sunnis and Shias, especially Sunnis, as their brothers in Islam. Ahmadias. It depends upon which we're talking about. But. The vast majority of Muslims, almost every Muslim you come across, will be in one of these four. And the majority, as you probably know, are are Sunnis. But now, uh, let's think of the Islamic sciences and how they relate to the Quran. Some of this, those of you who've taken some of my academic courses, this will be review... So the way it plays out is what are the big Islamic sciences? You can put them into three categories. Oops, sorry. Uh, One category would be the reference material. And so this would include, The Qur'an, the Hadith, and Arabic language. And by Qur'an, I'm including the sciences of the history of the Qur'an and some tools of interpretation. Likewise with Hadith, the sciences of the authentication of the Qur'an and such. And then from there... We'd have the most practiced sciences. So these are sciences where you actually do things, okay. and and so this would include the big one would be law purification. That's his purification. I don't know if you if you all can read it. and manners and character. And then we have the abstract theoretical sciences. So this would be things like philosophy Uh, uh, theology as it becomes relevant we'll give arabic terms for these history and what do i mean by these these are not things that are saying do this do that law is saying do this make your prayers right don't eat food fast okay whereas history is saying here's what happened and philosophy is, you know, here's how, you know, these theoretical concepts work. It's not telling me something to physically do. Purification is saying, all right, recite recite the names of Allah X number of times. Okay. So it's telling me to do something. Okay. Now, all of this, all of this, uh, what was Arabic again? Again, in reference to category, Arabic would be the language of Arabic itself, starting from there you know, to, to learn all the details of Arabic grammar and linguistics, because most of category two and three are interpretations of category one. So let's do one, two, three. All of this traces itself back to the Prophet and the Quran, right? This I think intuitively we understand. That's the foundation of everything. Now here's where it gets fun. The Prophet and the Quran, in particular, trace themselves back to Al-Baqarah and Ali-Imran, Surahs two and three. and so that's still the quran but we're saying imagine the quran being in the shape of a tree and imagine the trunks of the tree to be these two surahs and then the and then imagine the rest of the tree to be all the rest of the surahs that come after it branching off from surahs 2 and 3 and then they trace themselves back Run out of colors here. Okay, they trace themselves back to, let's go straight to black. The first surah. And here's where it gets even more fun Surah Al Fatiha. Traces itself back to what we call the basmalah. Let me try to write that more neatly. What is the basmalah? The first line Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Okay. But wait, there's one more level. Bismillah Rahman Rahim traces itself back to the beginning. Ba, or b, the b of bismillah. So, the very first letter. So, to help make sense of, of what we're saying, uh, sometimes it's easier to understand in the reverse. Uh, we've done just about every color. I don't know if you'll be able to see yellow. Here's lavender. The more I understand the ba, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the more I understand of the essence of Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Okay. And we'll talk about this part in, in, in just a moment, inshallah. And the more thoroughly I understand Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the more I understand the core of what Surah Al Fatiha is all about. And the more thoroughly I understand Surah Al Fatiha, the more I understand the essence, essentially of all the rest, but especially the next two surahs. The more thoroughly I know those next two surahs, the more thoroughly I understand the core of all the teachings of the Prophet and the Quran, peace be upon him. And the more thoroughly I understand and know the Prophet and the Quran, then the more I understand the essence of all this. And in fact, here, let's make it easier. The more I understand this already, and so that is then leading to the other two. So one of the profound gifts of our tradition is how everything traces back to this core at the beginning. And we would like to think that this is how all the traditions work, but you'd be surprised. They don't come even close to this. So chapters 4 through 14, all the rest of, uh, on surahs 2 and 3. Chapter 1 does not rest on surahs 2 and 3. Correct. That is correct, Mahim. Okay. So we're saying think of the roots of the tree to be al-fatiha. Okay. The trunk of the tree are surahs 2 and 3. The branches of the tree are going to be all the rest of the, surah, uh, all the, rest of the surahs. Okay, so far so good? We're almost already at the halfway point. And so, so now let's talk simply about this point. B of Bismillah. So if I have Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim, how do we translate this? In or with? In the name of Allah, with the name of Allah, this is the proposition, right? With, with the Kasra, Pesh, and no, not a Pesh, zir. okay. And so what is this giving us? What is this about? Connection. Throughout the whole course, I'm going to keep making reference to things that are the foundations of the entire tradition. This thing that we call Islam. And one of the first things to consider is that one of the essences of all of Islam is connection which includes all the things you would think about in terms of connection. Relationship. For example, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your, your siblings, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your, your 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 children, with your relatives, with your neighbor. I mean, what's fascinating is that the Prophet, peace be upon him, he's reported to have said, and I'm paraphrasing, that Allah Ta'ala put so many rights in, that the believers have or more, so many responsibilities that the believers have to their neighbors, that the neighbors have so many rights over us that the prophet even thought that we were going to have to put them in our will. And we're not even talking about whether the neighbors are Muslim or not. And so one of the essences of Islam is are these relationships or just connections in general? So think of like uh, um, ambitions in terms of connections. So for example, the word for, for the daily prayers is Salah. And Salah, what does it mean? Connection. And with whom are we trying to connect? We're trying to connect with Allah Taala. We're trying to connect to the Prophet, peace be upon him. The ideal prayers are in some sort of congregation, we're trying to connect to the community. How do we know what time the prayer is? By knowing where the sun is in the sky. We know what we do. That's a connection to nature. We're also trying to connect to ourselves. Those things we're also going to repeat, you know, so. But if you want me to repeat anything that I've just said, let me know. But the point is that this is one of the essences of the entire tradition. The primary connection, of course, between is between you and Allah. And then from there, even think about sins and in, in obligations. Those things that Allah Ta'ala is telling me I have to do, you know, which we call the the actions. What are they doing? They're strengthening my connection, primarily with him. Those things that are sins, they're sins because Allah says so, but what is a consequence of a sin? If I skip prayers, if I skip fasts without justification, and straining my relationship with Allah. If Abu on all those, and if Abu I lie to you, what is the consequence of that? I'm going to be straining my relationship with you. And so connections are the first essence to think about of how the entire tradition operates. And as we will also see, another central aspect of connections is trust. Who do you trust? Who do you not trust? And how and why? Okay. And so, so that's essentially it for today. Tomorrow, inshallah, we'll go further looking at how to develop a connection with Allah. And, and sometimes the classes are going to go to 35 minutes, sometimes to 40 minutes. But my target is to try to keep it as close to 30 minutes as possible. Especially because as we get through this first week of fast, uh, many of us are going to get further and further worn out. Uh, any any questions about anything, You can feel free to type in the chat box or to un new to your mic anything at all okay can you please repeat what is tomorrow's topic so tomorrow's topic is is continuing bismillah that's essentially what tomorrow's topic is and the focus will be on developing a connection with allah any other questions so literally, that's what we're going to be doing. We're gonna be going line by line, ayah by ayah, all the way until we finish. So uh, Shia and Sunnis differ on how hadiths are derived. Yeah, there are, there are methodological differences. And so I'm very openly, you know, not just uh, Sunni, but a Hanafi in terms of my, my approach to things. That we won't be touching on as much, those particular differences. The key thing I wanted us to, to get a sense is, you know, this thing that we call a community, how does it uh, function and uh, operate? Any other questions? But Do they agree that the Quran is consistent? Yeah, yeah, overwhelmingly. I mean, there's, there's rumors in Sunni communities about Shias, and there's rumors in Shia communities about Sunnis, and most of them tend to be ridiculous. Like the Shias have a Quran that has 10 additional juz, stuff like that, that's uh, completely uh, unfounded. What is the difference between imam, sheikh, and mufti? Okay, that'll be a question we'll try to get to a little bit later on, inshallah. Uh, The short answer, and you probably mean imam, sheikh, and mufti. The short answer is mufti is someone who's certified to give fatwas, to give rulings on Islamic law. Sheikh and imam tend to be these generic terms that have all kinds of different meanings, depending upon what context we're in. When I was a kid in the 1970s, sheikh was a term for an Arab who owned an oil well. We didn't use that in our community. You know, we use Molana, you know, which you can either, either translate as our master or our servant. And imam is also an interesting thing. Imam in Sunni thought is basically the person who's leading prayer. Could be the leader of a movement. So we have a lot of people who in our community give themselves a title of imam, but they're not the leaders of of uh, any communities. Uh, Iman versus Islam, that we will definitely be covering, inshallah. Uh, will we cover credibility of source material? No, not really. Uh, is sometimes people may only want to take Quran but dismiss Hadith. That aspect we will touch on, but not in terms of the science aspect of it. Uh, uh, but we can't escape talking about the teachings of the Prophet, peace be upon him. This B that I'm talking about, that relates to a teaching attributed to Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, where he says the entirety rests on the B. And and some even take it further, this gets into the mystical aspect, some people even connect it with the dot at the bottom of the B but I'm not sure what the source is for that. Any other questions about anything? I mean, some of these questions, I mean, Iman and uh, Islam, we will definitely be speaking about quite a bit, but some of these other questions we will be touching on here and there. Anything else? When's our first exam? Uh, So I will post the first exam uh, a little bit after we finish Surah Al-Fatiha. And... And essentially so like once again the goal with the exams is not for you to to pass the goal is to help the questions are designed to help you digest the material those of you taking my academic classes that's how I designed those those questions as well uh, uh, but uh, another reason to do the exams is this is sort of a part one course I also do part two three four five six seven six, seven. Al-Baqara is a seven part course to pass to be allowed to take the second third and other parts you will have to take and pass the exam and and i'm a much tougher grader uh, academically than i am in terms of community stuff uh will there be any group activities or discussions no but there will be homework uh, there will be discussion among us yes uh how are we taking the exam it'll be a google doc and and so you'll just fill it fill it out that way i'm i'm increasingly technologically illiterate by the year and so it took me a long time even to figure out how to make a google form and then it took a long time to figure out how to make a google form into a quiz is there a curve on the exam? The curve is basically pass, fail. Yeah. Or we can call it pass, no pass. You know. What determines that you pass? How well you answer the questions. I mean, like, what percentage of the questions? <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't really know. Yeah, it's it's it, it, don't, don't worry too much about the exam portion. That's uh, all I worry about. This is true. This is very, very true, Mashallah. Is there a word limit? <laughs> of the exam—it depends on how much Google can can uh, can can hold. There. Any other questions at all? Uh, all right then. Um, unless, uh, are you going to reveal our scores? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, to everyone or to yourself? It'll be to yourself. Inshallah, you're you're welcome to share with everyone else. Again. This is undergrads, especially during finals week, so I understand. Any other questions about anything at all? All right, there's also a bunch of non-loyal people in, in the class that are probably thinking of undergrads. Okay, then we'll stop right here, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma uh, wabihamdika. Nashidhu la ilaha illa anta. Nastakh وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ سُبْحَانَكُ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ bihamdika, ilaha illa anta, glory to you, O Allah. Wa praise and gratitude to you. Nashadu illa illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you. Nastahfiqa, we seek your forgiveness. and we turn to you. Okay, may Allah reward you all, inshallah And may Allah keep all of us safe and Uh, as well for all of our family members and our society and such. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you.